Welcome to Talky Nonsense, a lucky dip of true magic bonus episodes from the mystery bag of cats. It is the mutual brain of Non and Smokey. Today is February 29th, a once in four years opportunity. And we are going to take advantage of that opportunity by discussing Leap Day. What does it mean that we have leap years and that there is a leap day? What should we be doing to integrate it into our paraliturgy? What should we make of the fact that we are subject to this strange extra day every four years? Why did God make the world this way? What does he want us to do with it? And how can we better take hold of it and exercise dominion over it so that we are shaping the forms of our lives to reflect Christ's rule? There are some interesting thoughts to be had, and we have some... Uh, ideas for how we're going to celebrate Leap Day. Would you like to give us a historical overview, Smokey, of the fascinating ways in which different cultures at different times have considered the import of Leap Day and done odd things on it? So insofar as Leap Day has a solid, long-lasting Western tradition. So Leap Day only came in with the Gregorian calendar, which is named after Pope Gregory the something, because I'm not Catholic, I don't know the exact number, mm. but he realised the Julian calendar wasn't quite doing the trick because they had gotten out of step with the actual times and seasons in the skies, and he realised that they needed to fix it. I won't go into the whole history of it here. You can look it up. This is not a podcast about that. But it is interesting that the leader of the religious establishment thought it was well within his purview to change the calendar for everybody. Indeed, and it was. And it wasn't just a, the religious calendar. It would have been the secular calendar. Yes, some people did take calendar. a while to come along and right. come to grips with it. They didn't necessarily want to change it, but after a while, everyone was like, oh yes, obviously this is better. So the Gregorian calendar was first adopted in Italy, Poland, Portugal, and Spain in 1582. So this was really around the time of the Reformation, and therefore we haven't had an enormous amount of time to develop any kind of traditions around it. And I'm not sure that anyone has really considered developing serious traditions around leap year, and we're not really suggesting serious traditions either, actually. We're really no. suggesting something a bit more frivolous. But tell us about how the leap day has been considered a sort of inverted day. So insofar as there is a single tradition of things you do on leap day, it would be the tradition that a woman can propose to a man, and this is okay, this is socially acceptable. This is probably more or less like 19th century, but the legend is that it is very old 5th century, I think, that um, St. Bridget and St. Patrick hashed this out between them. So she was apparently lamenting that all these women came to her complaining, you know, my beau, my 5th century boyfriend, will not propose, he's too shy, I'm just waiting around forever. And she said, look, this is no good, what do we do? He said, well, maybe one day every seven years, the women could do it. And she sort of bartered him down to one every four, and they were like, well, you know, leap day is a good day to do that. There's another legend that says that she then proposed to him and he refused, but gave her a gown. And then there were all these sort of traditions around that in that if a woman proposed to a man and he declined, he then had to sort of pay a fine or a consolation prize. It was often clothing associated. So in Ireland, it's a silk gown and in Finland, it's enough fabric to make a skirt. Traditionally, in some countries, it was 12 pairs of gloves, and the which would be very expensive, actually, back Extremely. in the day. And the idea was that she could then wear them to cover the shame of not having an engagement ring on her finger. Ah, uh. So one for but every month. The important thing to remember is that most of this is probably nonsense. There's some well, of course it's nonsense. It's 5th century, and the Gregorian calendar only came in in the 16th century. Well, yes, and also she was very young when he died. Probably didn't happen. There's also a, a legend about Queen Margaret of something or other making it law at one point, I think, in Scotland, and saying that the woman had to wear a red petticoat if she was doing it to kind of pre-warn the guy. 
I guess so he could just, you know, run away before she had the chance. Almost certainly not true because that mm-hmm. queen died when I think she was eight. People happened. just like to make up stories about little girls. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a cool... What would they have done with their lives? I know. But nevertheless, it does seem to have kind of been a thing. And to this day, there are apparently women who will occasionally propose on leap day. Or even some, some people think it's the whole year. On a leap year, you can propose. Mm. Nothing like putting your reluctant paramour along to do something he doesn't really want to do. It'll almost certainly end well. Yeah. What about other precedents, Smokey? Well, calendars being, it turns out, a difficult thing to create. Many cultures have had to figure out a way to kind of jimmy it to make things work. The Jewish calendar is particularly interesting. It's based on the lunar year, which is around 11 days shorter than the solar year. So instead of having a leap day, they actually have entire leap months. They have a 19-year cycle, and seven times during that cycle, so it's quite often, it's like every two or three years, you have a kind of a prequel month to the month of Adar, and it's called Adar Aleph, or Adar 1, and then the regular Adar is called Adar 2. The reason they do this is because various of the Jewish feasts are associated with specific times of year, like harvest, you know, based on what the sun is doing. And if they're stuck with a purely lunar calendar, the harvest feast Sukkot, for example, Sukkot, Sukkot, would shift by 11 days every year. So after a number of years, you'd end up with it not being anywhere near the harvest, and that would be very sad. You'd have nothing to eat. So they wanted to measure time by the moon, because that makes sense. Everybody measures time by the moon. But they also wanted to keep the festival dates more or less in line with the correct season. And in fact, it wasn't just a preference. They had to, because the Torah commanded, for instance, that Passover be celebrated in spring. So this hybrid kind of sun and moon approach is called a lunisolar reckoning. And it's not unique to the Jewish calendar. Uh, The Chinese calendar does it very similarly. I think they even put the extra month in sort of around the same time, which is like the 11th month, November-ish equivalent, if you like. And the extra month of Adar Aleph is associated with joy because Adar is a joyous and lucky month. It is the month in which Purim is celebrated. So it's considered to be quite sort of auspicious, if you like, for the Jewish people. In fact, there is a... uh, I don't know if it's a rule, but it's certainly a custom that if you're making a covenant with a non-Jew, you should try to make it, or like with a court date associated with it, you should try to make it in Adar because the Jewish people did so well. It would go better for you. Yeah. It's like, this is the month when God gives favour to the Jews and, you know, the whole Esther situation. And the the leap years in the Jewish system are called pregnant years. Which is interesting in itself. Yeah, fuller than regular years. Ah, okay. The calendar is pregnant with an extra month. Yeah. Could be. Let's talk about the meaning of the leap year, assuming that everything that God has put into creation has some kind of a meaning. Solar year, as we do, is slightly longer than 365 days. That's not something God had to do. He could have made it exactly 365 days, but he made it about 365.25, which means that you need to catch up that quarter day every year, which is most easily done by simply waiting for it to add up to a whole day once every four years. So why did God design the solar system this way? We've observed in our Christmas special number one that we use a solar calendar in the New Covenant era compared to the lunar calendar in the old, which we just talked about. The lunar calendar left a great deal more remaining days that you had to add into the calendar. You, you needed to add a whole extra month to the year every couple of years to catch up and to integrate that remainder. Now we only have a remainder every four years, but we do still have that little remainder and we need to integrate it. So the leap year is about the remainder, which makes it a kind of a carnival year. If you understand the concept of the carnival symbolically, something which Jonathan Pajo has talked about a lot, you can look it up on YouTube if you're not sure what this means. Is this related to the Jubilee year? It may be. There is a sense in which that might be true because the carnival and the Sabbath are connected and the Jubilee is a Sabbath of Sabbaths. But... Interestingly, in history, in the Jewish calendar, Purim became the carnival. Yes. Purim was added later by the Jews themselves. So I have 
a, quite a suspicious attitude to the idea of the carnival, at least in regards to the idea of riot and excess and that an overturning and a breakdown of meaning. I think that the way that God illustrates the pattern in history and bids us to follow the pattern is not through a breakdown of meaning, but through a reintegration of meaning. So the meaning breaks down in a sense, but then it's gathered back up and you get something more out of it, which is something that we talked about with the Southern Hemisphere as well. Yep. It's not that the meaning just completely breaks down and then you start again. So the leap year is in some sense related to the carnival, but I would say more to do with a gathering up of meaning than a breaking down of meaning. So it's a day of the margins, a day of the edge, and of course also the Sabbath, because that is the remainder that's left over in the circle of the week after you take out the six radians of work. A radian is the length of the radius of a circle. If you ascribe the length of the radius along the circumference of the circle, you'll discover that there are six lengths and then a little bit left over. So that's what I am talking about when I say that the Sabbath is the seventh, the remainder after the six radians. The 0.14 of pi. Or the 0.28 of pi. Yes. But there's also a sense in which the whole point of Leap Day is to gather the remainder up. So this is what I mean by saying that I don't think it's about breakdown of meaning. We're not letting that remainder accumulate, we're accounting for it, and we're adding it to our calendar. So it's really a celebration and accommodation of the margin. It's not letting the margin overtake us, as in medieval misrule festivals, but neither is it letting the margin be pushed to the edges and ignored or discarded. Yeah, so the medieval church was quite big on having these, on the one hand, a, a very stratified society, very rigid, but on the other hand, just every now and then, these festivals where everything would be completely turned on its head. There was a festival with the boy bishop, so a small child would be sort of crowned, as it were, Dressed bishop Dressed up for in a, a mitre and got to be bishop for a day. Yeah, or there was the Feast of Fools where people would sort of somewhat semi-mockingly honour possibly mentally retarded people. How do we put this in a way that won't get us cancelled? Yeah, um, but there are there are different um, schools of thought on what this was because some people think it was kind of a, a, a safety valve, a kind of a blow off. You know, we are so rigid and repressed that we have to occasionally just let loose and change everything up and invert everything and go a bit crazy, or we will not survive as a society. Yeah, somewhat Girardian idea. And then I don't really buy that. Yeah, well, the other point of view is actually no, that it was very much about kind of reaffirming the social order that existed by sort of lovingly mocking it, but everyone is, was okay with it. Yeah. You know, like when you had the feasts where their masters would serve the servants and the servants would dress in their master's clothes and be, be fed this feast and stuff. It wasn't like the masters were made to do that. It wasn't some kind of a takeover. It was... Yeah, well, I don't Everyone have thought it was neat. Nearly as much of a problem with that one. Yes. That one does seem to be instantiating an important pattern. Yeah. Whereas the one where you have the donkey that comes into the church... Yes. ...and... What do they do with the donkey exactly? I think he just stands there during mass. Just stands mass there during mass? mass? Yeah. I thought he was somehow made to perform some part of the mass, but... Can you imagine making a donkey do anything? <laughs> yeah, and then at the end, everyone brays like donkeys instead of having yeah. a normal benediction. Some of it very like, much that, seems like... that's not okay. Yeah. I don't think you should do Worshiping that. Worshipping chaos, we're not, we're not keen on. Yeah. And interestingly, most of these kinds of feasts did eventually fall out of favour with the church because they ended up in just, you know, riotous, drunken revelry. Although the French Enlightenment also had a lot to do with them becoming yeah. somewhat less... Popular? Yeah, Indeed. the French Enlightenment had a lot to do with a lot of the disintegration of the medieval mindset, though. You, yes. you have a lot of the rise of kind of magic, so-called, during that time period as well, because the more integrated view of symbolic expression was essentially kicked out. Right. And so it came back in a, a more extreme form. So that's the medieval misrule festivals. I don't think that the leap year is meant to be exactly an instantiation of that kind of idea, but... 
we are looking rather at how we can integrate the remainder into the calendar in a productive way you know, rather you than could... a chaotic way. It's interesting because the maybe the modern equivalent of a medieval misrule festival is like a pride festival. You celebrate the margins. And it's done the exact same thing that, in the end, they tended to get banned for, Debauchery, which is yeah. that it becomes debauched and extreme. Yes. Obviously, these were never. Uh, this was never a valid thing to begin with, though, whereas mm. some of the misrule ones, maybe. Were. Yeah. So why every four years? You would think that it would be every seven years. If it's a Sabbath kind of principle, or maybe every three years, because those are the Sabbath numbers in Scripture. Three days is the half Sabbath, which is why the number four is an inflection point or a turning point in Scripture. So, for instance, Samson's enemies, they try for three days to solve his riddle, and then on the fourth they switch to a more violent strategy. And the Levite stays three days in Judges and then tries to leave on the fourth. And Ezra waits three days in Jerusalem and then begins work on the fourth. So the third day is the half Sabbath, which Jesus is... Jesus stays three days in tomb. He does indeed. Kind of big one. Well, he he's raised on the third day. True. And Lazarus is raised on the fourth day. Though. Lazarus is raised on the fourth day. I actually wrote recently on that and why that is. We won't cover that here because it is not relevant to the leap year, but yes. some of the same ideas are in play. The, the third day is the half Sabbath, which is why Israel comes to Sinai and must prepare three days before God gives the law. And it's appropriate to rest three days and then begin work again. But as usual, things aren't quite that simple because related to this, we have Leviticus 19, 23 to 25, which says, when you come into the land and have planted all kinds of trees for food, then you have reckoned as uncircumcised its fruit. Three years it is to you uncircumcised, it is not eaten. And in the fourth year, all its fruit is holy, praises for Yahweh. And in the fifth year, you do eat its fruit to add to you its increase. Which is interesting because that is a good way of getting a better lifespan of the tree and better harvest in the future. As we know from don't trying to raise little, our own apple trees. Yeah, don't eat the little babies the first year. So there is also a sense in which the fourth time is a holy time, a Sabbath-like time. So perhaps that is reflected in the fourth year leap year. But it's also notable that we ended up with a system that corrects our four yearly correction by using another multiple of four. Because leap years aren't actually just every four years. The year is its not exactly 365.25 days. It's not exactly one quarter of a day. It's about 365.24 days. So the way that you actually calculate a leap year in order to get the proper remainder across a calendar over many thousands of years is you take the year, say 2024, and now it's a leap year if you can evenly divide it by four, unless you can evenly divide it by 100, unless you can evenly divide it by 400. I mean, I don't even pretend to understand how that makes sense. <laughs> it's a simple it's like, nested conditional, We're more smoky. or less around the sun again, I guess. It looks the same <laughs> on all sides, the sun, does it not? I mean, the point yeah. is that the number four and 400 are yes. both important to calculating the leap year in God's providence, which okay. is quite interesting. And 400 is indeed a significant biblical number. So while this might be to do with the inflection point or turning point idea... I'm inclined to think that it has more to do with four as a number of completion. There are four corners to the world or to a house. There are four winds. There are four... <laughs> I that as a horse for a second. <laughs> are there four corners to a horse? Sort of. There are four corners to a man. One leg on each corner and for a horse. They have four hooves. They do. Four kingdoms, four beasts, four living creatures, four faces to each of the living creatures, four horses, four horsemen, four watches of the night... And, of course, you've got things like 400 years in Egypt, um, 40 years in the desert, that kind of thing. So every four years, we have to add the remainder of the days to ensure a complete calendar is what I'm thinking, is something like that in terms of the meaning. Right. I also think it can't be a coincidence that the luminaries themselves, the sun, the moon, and the stars, were created on day four, given what we have 
talked about in that Christmas episode about how we've replaced the luminaries symbolically, spiritually speaking, as the new rulers of time in the church age. Mm. So again, you can go back to our Christmas special one to understand that more clearly. But for now, how, Smokey, are we planning to celebrate Leap Day tomorrow? Well, again, bearing in mind that we thought about this, what, yesterday? Mm. And we've had, had a great two days time. to repair instead yes. of four years. We actually brought it up on our signal group to sort of bat some ideas around. And one of the ideas that came up, which I did like, was sort of around playing with this margins and leftovers and edges concept. So we thought maybe it should be a day for clearing out the garage or, you know, clearing out the fridge and making food with the leftovers or finishing up abandoned craft projects. Sort of gathering up the remainder. Exactly. Summing things up. Tidally. Taking the the breakdown of meaning and turning it into better meaning. Yes, which I then thought in our own particular circumstance, ah, I have a bunch of bananas we need to use up. I could make banana cake. And then Non was like, I don't really want banana cake. So that was, that symbology was thrown And then our daughter said that she wanted banana cake and I relented. Oh, did you? In recognition of the fact that I was being churlish and not in the spirit of the holiday. So I'm making a banana cake. So you're making a banana cake. Well, good to know. (laughs) Tomorrow we are having banana cake because that is what we had to make cake. I also thought we could do banana cake. And obviously one has to have a cake on an auspicious day. Yes, indeed. I also could, yes, Baklava, we have um, some filo pastry that has probably been in the freezer for four years, actually. Yeah, it could and well a bunch be of a, pistachios. Leap, a leap pastry. Yes, which I ground up the other day to use as fake moss on a cake and then decided it looked a bit dank. So these are the foods that we are going to be having. There is no official food for Leap Day. No. It is rather the food that you have available exactly. that you must use up in order to account for the remainder. Exactly. We're also having fried rice for lunch because we have left... Honestly, we probably would have done some of this anyway. <laughs> Every day is a Leap Day in our We're house. big on leftovers. I did look up on Pinterest just to see if it had been sort of commercialized and Pinterestified because, you know, what hasn't... And yeah, there are kind of things, but it's mostly around literal leaping. So either you eat frog Lame. things, you know, not frogs. Maybe if you're uh, the enlightenment mindset. Yeah, that, that's uh, the, the enlightenment hermeneutic right there. <laughs> Leap year means actual leaping. Well, yeah. So you, you know, you got you hire a bouncy castle, or you play on the trampoline, or you play hopscotch. Right. I mean, I did actually tell Lockie before we went to bed that tomorrow is leap day, and we'd have to leap around all day like frogs, and he was totally like, "Oh yeah, of course, of course." Anyway, so that's the joys of having small children. What you do, or you can go to SeaWorld because the animals leap out of the water. Most presumably sponsored by SeaWorld. We don't approve of SeaWorld, do we? We don't. Heard bad things. You've been there. I liked it. Shush. They had very funny sea lions. Mm. They were crying on the inside there. They were. Yes, so, I mean, are we going to clean out the garage? It's highly unlikely. Needs it, though. (laughs) There's too much of a breakdown of meaning there. (laughs) It's true. We can't integrate all that in one day. See, we need a a mega leap year, kind of a whole (laughs) month Jewish type thing. uh, Jubilee of Jubilees to get that sort of That's right. A leap leap year. Once every 16 years, we'll clean out the garage. Yeah. But it could be a good day to take things to the op shop. Well, I did that today, actually. The thrift store for thrift our American store, yes. listeners. A charity shop, if you're British. There's also a rom-com starring Amy Adams called Leap Year about the whole proposing thing. I can't recommend this. I haven't seen it. I don't know. It might be dreadful. I considered watching it and then thought, yeah. Do you think... That I mentioned on our signal group that the Leap Year is also the year that you have the Summer Olympics, which I didn't wasn't intending to be profound at all, but people were like, whoa, so it is. Um, is, is there anything profound about that, do you think? Was it deliberate? I have no idea. It's also election year, isn't it? I thought they had the Summer Olympics every four years. Well, so did. at some point, it's going to get out of sync with leap year. Because they'll hit a year where you don't have a leap year every four years because of that. Oh, well, yeah. But It'll probably be like another 400 years, but, you know, eventually. I think it's a coincidence. Yeah, probably. As it no doubt is with the election, although that is interesting. <laughs> that sure is. Tying up the loose ends of the Tying up, yeah. We'll see it. Mm. Taking all those promises that were not yet delivered upon. 
Yes, we shan't get into elections and the impropriety of Christians voting for either of the candidates on the table. Yeah, let's not. Strange how untheonomic a lot of the general equity theonomists are when it comes to voting. Yeah, well... I mean... A topic for another time. For now, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This has been True Magic.